Hello, and welcome back to A Year with St. Joseph podcast. This is episode three. Um, if it's your first time, welcome. If you're a returning visitor, thank you for coming back. Uh, I do want to do a shout out to all my listeners. First of all, um, you know, taking the time to listen to this, is it's uh, really humbling for me to, to see the people that are, are listening and coming back to listen. Uh, but I do want to do a shout out to uh, a especially all the international listeners. Um, I was just going through the analytics and I see I've got 1% um, list of my listeners are from Nigeria, 1% from Slovenia, 2% from Canada, uh, 5% from Australia, which is pretty awesome. And uh, a massive 8% of my listeners are coming from Argentina. So Thank you so much for listening. Welcome. Um, hope you guys come back next month as well. But a little reminder for any of our first-time listeners, this is um, a, a podcast that's going to go through reflections on St. Joseph um, 12 times, basically once every month for the year of 2021, um, which was um, named the year of St. Joseph by Pope Francis. So uh, in response to kind of trying to increase that devotion, I thought I would start a podcast to reflect on St. Joseph, who he was. Uh, to me, some of the reflections I personally had, um, some of the stuff from history, from the Bible, um, but just to share with you and, and hopefully, um, you know, this is as valuable of an experience for you to listen as it is for me to put together. So thank you guys all for being here with me. Um, and the other thing I want to do is say uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to anybody out there. Uh, today, as of the date of recording, it is March 16th. So tomorrow will be St. Patrick's day. And I have, I have to admit that I've had some tragedy befall me. And if any of you have dealt with real tragedy, um, this is not real tragedy, but to me, this cut me to my core. So tell you the whole story because I feel like it needs to be said. So a couple of years ago, my gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful, perfect, amazing wife got me a present. Uh, I like history. I like lineage things. And so she got me a subscription to ancestry.com with a complete with a DNA test. So that was pretty exciting. It was an awesome gift. And I did the DNA test and I sent it out. I couldn't wait till it got back. And it got back uh, around this time, two years ago, uh, and I started going through all the information. What they find out? Where was I from? Where are my ancestors from? And everything looked pretty much like what I already knew, right? I know where my grandparents came from uh, on both sides of the family, things like that. So most of it, most of it, I I knew quite a bit about. Um, however. There was 3% of something on there that I had no clue about, and I was so excited about it. I told my family, it said that I was 3% Irish and Scottish. Yes, that's correct. 3% Irish and Scottish, unbeknownst to me. So immediately, of course, I did what any logical person did. I called all my siblings. I said, St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner corner get ready to party your face off because uh we are irish for saint patrick's day and every day three percent it's on this piece of paper right here and then i did the next logical thing i got a celtic cross tattooed on my back 
I replaced all of our like traditional religious decorations with Celtic decorations, probably spent $2,000 on that. And, you know, all the normal things you would do if you found that out. Anyways, we had a great St. Patrick's Day. We were Irish, not just in spirit, but in blood, and it was wonderful. And then a tragedy happened. Very recently, I got an email from Ancestry.com saying, we have an update, which I said, how does my Ancestry get updated? It's in the past. But apparently their algorithms get better and whatnot. So I'd log in to find what new nugget of information are they going to share with me? What joy will they bring to my life? I opened it up, and my 3% Irish and Scottish was gone. This was a month ago, right as I was gearing up for the biggest Irish celebration I've ever had. I had plane tickets to Ireland. I was ready to just rock it out in Ireland. And it was gone, replaced by... 3% of my lineage was apparently from Wales, not Scottish, Scotland and Ireland. So I cried for a good while, got a refund on my plane tickets from, to Ireland, and I'm sitting here on St. Patrick's Day Eve at a complete loss of what to do. And my whole family is hearing this for the first time as they listen to this, only to learn that we're frauds. We are not Irish. I guess I could look at it the positive side of things and think to myself, hey, at least I got to celebrate St. Patrick's Day feeling like I was part Irish at least for one or two years. Could be positive. But, but it's hard to smile, you know, when I think about it. So I'll still celebrate tomorrow because St. Patrick is awesome. He got rid of the snakes in Ireland. More importantly, uh, brought Jesus to Ireland. And um, so great history there. I think as I continue, uh, if I continue, if I am blessed and fortunate enough to have listeners uh, at the end of this year still, uh, I, I think I will probably be doing a saint of the day, turning this into a saint of the day podcast. So, um, you know, hopefully someday in the future, I'm doing a podcast on St. Patrick and how he was Irish and I'm not. Um, and you know, I'll try not to tear up, but we'll get through it. However, I was thinking about something else. And I was thinking to myself, well, you know what? I still have a connection to something pretty cool. I have the name Joseph. And you know what else is in March? The Solemnity of St. Joseph. That's right. The Solemnity of St. Joseph. More importantly, the Solemnity of St. Joseph is this March the 19th, which is a Friday. And when the Catholic Church calls something a solemnity, they're basically telling you to party as hard as you can within reason and moderation and not sinning, of course. However, in doing that, they say to help you and aid you on your partying journey on St. Joseph's Day, the solemnity of St. Joseph, if it falls on Friday during Lent, you have a dispensation from the fasting from meat. So I thought, you know what? I will still party for St. Patrick's Day, but I am going to make St. Joseph's Day a thing. It doesn't have to be a thing for you, but it should be, and it will be for me. So anybody that listens to this, if you guys are friends with me on Facebook, if you've got my email, if you have a, if you are listening through a podcast where you can message me, I need some suggestions. If you're in a bar, you're in a pub, you're in a whatever, 
establishment and St. Joseph walks in next to you, like today, not from a historical perspective, and he sits down, what drink is he ordering? I need to know what I need to be drinking on St. Joseph's Day, what I need to be eating, how can I best celebrate St. Joseph's Day this year and every year? Because I figure if I share the name with the guy, that's almost as good as being Irish on St. Patrick's Day. So any suggestions you have, can't wait to hear them. Um, you know, message me. Uh, and I will I will update you guys next month on how that party went if I get suggestions from you. So, all right, that was my personal tragedy. We are we're learning to adapt and cope with with those changes in our life and and our uh, lineage and our ancestry. But um, you know, nothing wrong with being from Wales. It's just that St. Patrick is the Irish feast day, and I'm really in debt from my back tattoo and all my change in decorations. Okay. I didn't really do that, but anyways, moving on, we're here to talk about St. Joseph. So, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I've been having a hard time this month with uh, trying to determine what I wanted to talk about for St. Joseph because the Salonia of St. Joseph is this month and I wanted to make sure I talked about something really good. And I just felt like I didn't have anything that that would live up to the solemnity of St. Joseph. And, you know, I decided a couple of days ago, I said, you know what, the Holy Spirit's just going to have to guide this one because I want it to be a big deal about a great topic and really impactful because it's because of the solemnity. But I guess if that's what God wants and if that's what St. Joseph wants, they're going to have to direct this and make this, I guess, more amazing than, than I maybe think it's going to be. Uh, but, um, and with that, what I want to talk about is uh, St. Joseph, uh, Jesus' dad. Um, you know, we refer to him as the foster father of Jesus, the adoptive father of Jesus. But at the end of the, way, end of the day, he was Jesus' dad. And, uh, you know, Jesus didn't walk into the room and say, hey, mom, hey, foster father. Uh, hey, mom, hey, hey, adoptive dad, right? He said dad, right? Mom and dad. So um, for all intents and purposes, that that's who he was. And I think that's important to remember. So Take some, I'm going to take some time today to just kind of go through, um, you know, the impact of, of what Joseph's life may have been like as, as Jesus's dad and, uh, you know, the challenges that that may have had and, and how that impacted him, his life. And, and I guess what I'm able to draw from that to help me grow closer to, to, um, to Jesus, uh, Joseph's, Joseph's child. So, all right. So Joseph as Jesus' dad. The first thing I think about is <laughs> putting myself in St. Joseph's shoes. And, and I talked last last month about, you know, what what was probably going through his mind as he made the decision to, um, you know, continue following through with his his betrothal to Mary. And I got to imagine that one of the things that was running through his mind at that time was, in fact, his his worthiness. Uh, was he worthy to raise the Son of God? I mean, I, I want to say that's huge, but that feels like the wrong way to put it. Like, that's not a significant enough way to call it. Um, but to wrap your mind around that, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to marry you anyways. And then I'm also going to raise 
the son of God, right? So, um, you know, fortunately he had an angel that told him to do that, but still be like, why me? Um, and if you watched, I've ever watched the movie, the star, it's a cartoon, uh, about the birth of Jesus, uh, through the perspective of the animals. It's a cute movie. I enjoyed it. Um, my kids like it, loved it. And I kind of liked the way they, 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 uh, portrayed joseph i think some people maybe would have thought it was offensive because he's kind of grumpy and angry a lot of the time but at the same time i think about the fact that joseph of all the members of his family you've got joseph mary and jesus he's the only sinner in the family so he's probably the only one that would have had fits of anger and frustration and and you know not trusting us as much as maybe mary was in some of those situations so i feel like he would be the one that was struggling um externally in those situations and i think they showed that uh, granted it wasn't from a catholic perspective but but for me you know i i thought that was that was an interesting portrayal of joseph but one of the things that he struggles with early on he he never they never show him you know questioning mary you know it's a kid's show but his biggest issue is i'm not i am not someone who can raise god and i i I think about just the magnitude of that. And I think about when my oldest child, Charlotte, was born. Uh, we got home from the hospital. She was less than a week old. And, and we took her to mass. And I very well, so I'm not, I, I, you know, I try to stay as close to God as I can. That's my goal. But, you know, I'm, I'm not, this may relate to some of you. And some of you may be like, this is not that great. But, you know, I, I believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. But I don't always experience it. I don't always feel it. I, I'm not the guy that goes to mass every Sunday and goes, oh my gosh, that's Jesus. Like I think that and I pray and I try to put myself in that area. But but honestly, I take it for granted uh, most of the time. And I don't always have that that connecting experience uh, with, with Jesus when I go up for communion. Uh, but there have been some occasions in my life where it has. And, and one of the ones that stands out the most was uh when when like i said my the first time we went to mass with our with our first child i was carrying her up to communion and i just my eyes were welling up with tears as i'm walking up and we, we must have been like closer to the back of church and we usually sit closer to the front you know we bring all our screaming kids up front to drive everybody crazy um you know we think that's a that's a i don't know what we're trying to do but we we they like to see and we bring them up front we want them to get used to it and and i'm sure we get side-eyed but you know most people are really loving and compassionate about it so we appreciate that too man am i am i digressing bad but anyways i felt like we must have been further back because i felt like this walk took forever but i'm i'm tearing up carrying charlotte up to communion and the whole time i'm thinking to myself why why would God trust me with this child and this soul? Not not just to keep this child alive and healthy, but this soul. Like, like I have a soul that I have here in my arms. And I have a responsibility to make sure that this beautiful, perfect, at this point, apart from original sin, sinless person and being to, to raise them in the faith, to bring them to Christ and to bring them to heaven. What in the world is God thinking? Like, why would he think I could do, I, I would be equipped to do that. And, and I just felt so overwhelmed with that amount of responsibility. And granted, I'm not, I'm not carrying Jesus. I'm carrying my daughter. And I, I just, I was having such a hard time. And, 
it was beautiful to an extent to to experience that like realness of of what I'm called to as a father and at the same time just daunting and I like I just remember my eyes welling up with tears I go up receive communion and I get back to my pew and I'm kneeling down and I'm still holding Charlotte and I'm just I'm just praying and I'm just you know as I'm as I'm praying I'm just like why like how in the world am I worthy to do this like I am not a good enough person to, to help bring someone else to heaven. Sure, I try my best, but I fail all the time. And, and I just remember having this sense of, well, you're not going to do it alone. I didn't just give you the kid and abandon you. I, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be helping you. It's not all on you to help help this child get to heaven. God's going to be with me. And, and that brought me this amazing sense of peace. Um, and as I think back to that moment in my life, and I think about where St. Joseph was, I got to imagine that he was feeling that times a million. But I got to imagine, you know, he had an angel come to him in his dream, that God was there, and he was like, you're not alone. But at the same time, Joseph was probably the one that felt overwhelmed. And and Mary probably felt overwhelmed too, But but Joseph was... Again, he's the sinner in the family. He's he's the guy that every time they fought was his fault because because <laughs> he's the only one that sinned. So he, I got to imagine that he struggled with those things all the time. But at the same time, you know, he was a just man. He was a God filled man, and I believe God had to have revealed to him that you know what, you're not alone. You know, one, you've got Mary as your wife. So I mean, I kind of set you out pretty good. And secondly, you do have God in that cradle, whatever they had back then. So, you know, I kind of set you up there too, but you know, I'm here. I'm I'm not abandoning you. I am going to guide you. I'm going to take care of you. I didn't put you in this position and then set you up for failure. Um, so I gotta believe the trust of Saint Joseph as the just man, that that he had that closeness with God, that he understood that despite his unworthiness to to be the father or the dad of Jesus, um, that, that he was, he was going to be given the tools to be successful. Um, and certainly he did. Um, but I think the second thing that, that I think I've been thinking about as I've been praying, you know, about this podcast, especially during the Easter season was, and I don't know this for sure, but what grasp did Joseph and Mary have about what was to come and you know granted they don't um they don't necessarily know probably verbatim that you know he's going to die on a cross but they were uh you know practicing jews they did travel um when they lost jesus in the temple right they were following the passover tradition so they were uh, you know, somewhat educated Jews, they were practicing Jews, they would have been familiar with some of the scriptures, they would have been familiar with some of the prop prophecies about the Messiah. Um, when you look at some of them, um, like Psalm 22, 17 through 18, uh, I can count all my bones, people stare and gloat over me, they divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. Um, Isaiah 53, verse 7, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was like a lamb 
to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears, silent, he did not open his mouth. Um, and then also, you know, the prophecy of Simeon, right? They, they, uh, Simeon sees Jesus, and he's like, I can now die because I, I've seen God. And he kind of brings Joseph and Mary that, that prophecy and speaks about some of the pain that she's going to live through. Um, and they talk about how Mary kept those things in their in her heart, but Joseph was there too, right? And I, I wonder if he understood that, you know what? This is going to be tough. This child I'm raising, this, this boy that, you know, for me right now, he's a kid that I love, that I care about like my own son, and his life is going to be tough. And he might get killed and it might be bad when he gets to the point where he, he has to do what he is called to do by his, by his, his father in heaven. And as he's thinking about that, he's got to, you know, come to some conclusion that, that what's going to happen to his son is, is going to be, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be painful. Uh, and to what extent he understood that, I don't know, but I have to believe he understood to some extent that his son was going to go through some very significant trials. And I, I, I think to myself, what could that be like, raising a child, loving a child, bringing that child up to be the best person you can, you can hope they can become, keeping them close to God, but yet every day knowing what's to come? Um, you know, I, I, I talked lightly about my personal tragedy, but you know, I look at people that I know that are, that are friends of mine, family members of mine that go through different struggles and challenges where they know that, you know, maybe someone has a terminal illness, maybe somebody has some, some illness that they don't understand or whatever's going on. And the challenge that they face every day, not knowing what the future could hold for this situation. Um, and when I think about that, I, for myself, I find myself more lately, um, turning to Joseph and saying, you know, you were there, you had that challenge, you had Jesus. And not only did you feel unworthy to raise Jesus, but you probably felt afraid and you probably felt sorrow because you didn't know what was going to happen. You know, you were told by an angel to get the heck out of Dodge because all children under two are going to be killed. I mean, you're already running around like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to figure out where you need to be, where you need to go, how to do all of these things you weren't planning on doing just nine months ago. And, and still you're going, what's going to happen next? And, and I, you know, I, I know it's about Joseph, but I can't help picturing Mary um, in the Passion of the Christ film where, you know, she says, when, how does it end? Um, and and I, I believe Joseph felt that. And I believe he struggled with it because, again, he probably didn't have the trust that, I'm sure he had more trust than I did, but I do. But but did he have the trust that Mary did? Did he, did he have the trust of someone who, who was, you know, con was conceived without sin, was sinless throughout their life um no he wasn't so i think he may have felt things more distinctly relating to us than than maybe um jesus and mary did now granted they were both fully human right let's not let's not 
ignore that. But but Joseph, I think, in a special way, experienced some of these pains and trials. Um, and, and he's someone that I've been turning more to with those types of struggles. Um, you know, unknown family situations. What do I do next? What do I worry when my child is sick? Um, when my wife is struggling with something, when my kids are having a hard time, you know, Joseph was there. Man, did he have trials. Like I said, running running from people that he knows are trying to kill your child when he's a baby. Um, it, it's just absurd to think about. But then living every day not knowing what was to come, but but knowing something was probably to come. So, you know, at the risk of repeating myself, you know, that's kind of the takeaway for this one is, at least for me, is remember that if you have kids your family members um, that are struggling and you just you don't know what to do and you're worried about things you know Joseph was there he wants to he wants to help you he wants he will intercede for you um, and ask God to help you in a special way so you know turn to Joseph for those things ask him to intercede for you I know he will uh, because he kicks ass and um, thank you again for joining me uh, I I love you all. Appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully you'll tune in next month. Um, God bless and St. Joseph, pray for us.